quick word of warning for today's episode. We don't often go explicit, but today we did. So if that offends you, I guess go and listen to an older episode maybe. But if you're okay with it, then on to the show. Are you ready to get back to that office grind? Miles of gridlock, harsh fluorescent lighting, and, of course, that creepy coworker who microwaves fish in the break room. Yeah, me either. And it turns out we're not alone, despite what a lot of big businesses are pushing. So what's really going on? Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. So, John, do you remember months ago me talking about how I did not understand how people who had this hustle culture would have a side hustle after their nine to five? Where where do they get the energy from? I I do remember, but I'm also still just stuck on the microwaved fish in the (laughs) break room. And and do you have thoughts of Andy as well? Of course. That's who I was thinking about. When I was saying it, that is def- that is 100% Andy, part-time co-host, microwaving fish and lettuce at the same time in the microwave. Yes, it's disgusting, and he's the uh, he's the inspiration there. But anyway, I I'm, I'm going to warn you right now. This that was my day today. Uh, this was a action-packed day. I have a a day off tomorrow, so it's it's Thursday for anybody listening out there, and I'm taking the day off for a long weekend tomorrow and. My brain is fried, so half of what I say today is probably not going to make sense. So I, mean, I have to edit it, so I guess it's it's on me. You're the one who's going to find out how much your brain was actually fried. I know. Those aren't even words. What was I saying? Yeah, no, it's going to be bad. But it's a topic I'm very excited about. It's going to be the return of Rage Quit, which was a fun topic for me uh, the first time we did it, and here we are doing it again. I, I don't know if I said it last time, but I just I'm still in my head just hearing the Chris Angel mind freak music playing and it's just rage quit. We still never wrote rage quit music for these segments. So, hey, you know what? We're going to no, I'm not I'm not doing that to myself. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. I, I was going to make a, I was going to say, oh, maybe I'll make one for this episode. Nope. This is a week of buddy. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that you had time to go into a studio and record an album. You can't give us. 30 seconds of rage quit background music. 30 seconds. Now you're making me feel bad. Yeah, okay. There you go. Well, today's Good job. <laughs> today's topic is one that's been in the news a bit lately. I've seen a lot of press coverage and also opinion pieces on how great it's going to be when we all ditch this quote-unquote new normal and return back to our offices. And it strikes me as odd every time because I've only known one person who really missed the office, Andy, and even he changed his mind. Now, President Biden has gotten on this train as well, and he's pushed for an end to this work from home thing really since his State of the Union. Actually, I think he said it twice in the month of March, uh, but the most recently in the State of the Union. So for today's topic, I'm going to let his words speak for themselves. President Biden made not one, but two calls for a return to office life back in March. And here's his case. Because of the progress we've made in fighting COVID, 
Americans can not only get back to work, but they can go to the office and safely fill our great downtown cities again and create more commerce. With 75% of Americans fully vaccinated and hospitalizations down 77%, most Americans can remove their mask, return to work, and move forward safely. But is that it? Case closed? I'd say no. I don't buy that going back to the office is the natural or preferable decision for businesses to make or employees to accept. And I'm not alone. Today, we'll hear from some of our fellow cubicle mice on why they prefer to eat their cheese at home. You like the little cubicle mice and the cheese? I, I did. I did. I thought it was cute. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good job. That was cute. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool if you could just insert a clip of Biden there. That would be nice production value, but not going to do that to you. Not going to do that to us. I wonder if that, I mean, if anything's going to be like public common usage, it would be like the president. Of right. The- it would be like president. Yeah. I'm going right? to look into that. I feel like we probably could, but I don't know. I don't know. We just find a good Biden impersonator, and it's just like, now we're getting back to work. Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, right. Come on, man. (laughs) So right off the bat, this call to action from Biden, from all these newspaper articles and gurus of the industry, who does this push really serve? Well, I think the cynical view is the people who are like dictating commerce and money. I don't have a more eloquent way to say that, but... You, you know what I'm getting at, right? It's the people who are making the money from us doing the cubicle mice roll. Yeah, the root of the call to action here is embedded in what Biden said. It's do this so city centers are populated again. And I can put this another way, maybe a, a bit less veiled. Do this thing so all those building owners out there can go back to earning their money again. Because there's a real fear. If remote work is really here to stay, then there's going to be a lot of corporate offices that are going to become giant expensive drains on their owners unless they can find something else to do with them. And the reality here is that cities are living through a real life and pretty large scale example of what we call the sunk cost fallacy. If you've never heard that term, consider any time you've gone out to see a movie that ended up just being really horrible. But theaters being expensive these days, you stuck around anyway. Now, if you were at home on your couch, you'd have switched the channel some time ago, but you sit through it and watch it because, hey, I already paid for it. I drove all the way here to see it. Might as well get my money's worth. But that's the thing. If you're already not enjoying it, what's the point of throwing good time after bad money? It doesn't make sense. Now, landlords especially corporate landlords, but really for that matter, housing landlords as well in big cities. They own all this expensive real estate that could very well sit empty and earn them nothing and cost them quite a bit. And companies are in much the same boat right now. If you've put a lot of money into a very expensive lease, especially if you are in a downtown urban center, it's not a small chunk of change that you spent and you're not getting it back. So what's the point of having an empty office? Maybe I should just have everybody return from home and work back in their cubicle again. I'm still thinking about the movie analogy, Brian. The only example I can give is when I was in college and we thought it was a good idea to have a couple beers before going and seeing a movie, and then I end up falling asleep halfway through the movie. <laughs> is that an example of a sunk cost fallacy? Because I didn't get that money back. I wanted to watch the movie, but I fell asleep. Was it a comfortable chair, at least? That's exactly why I fell asleep, man. <laughs> oh, it's worth it, then. There you go. What movie was it, though? It was... It was <laughs> Funny enough, it was actually a re-airing of 
Star Wars Episode One: The uh, Phantom Menace. Well, I I've only ever walked out of one movie in my life, and that was Dark Water. I don't know if you ever if you ever heard of that. Saw it back in the day, dude. I saw that movie, and that movie, yeah, I did not enjoy that movie. It's just boring. I'm, I'm a big horror movie fan. Love horror movies. I. I'm like, why am I here? What am I doing? I was so disappointed with that movie. I agree. The, the original story there, I think, was part of a book anthology, maybe, about water-related fear. And there was another movie made from that same book about a bunch of people who were partying on a yacht, and they all jumped out into the ocean, but nobody remembered to put the ladder down. Ooh. Did you ever see that? No. What movie was that? I remember the name. It was a terrifying concept. But consider that. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows where you are, and you can't get back on the boat. And you're just going to be treading water until you aren't. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that sounds awful. Terrifying stuff. But anyway, so let's get back to the topic at hand. So this big call to return to the office, what does that mean for the rest of us? If our companies have this sunk cost fallacy reason for going back, what's our reason? Let's take a look at what's going on right now. And I love the idea of this podcast being eternal and people 30 years from now going back and listening to the the smooth sounds of our voices. But in the here and now, in March of 2022, gas prices are only going in one direction right now. And it is up. Yet now's the right time to pick up that 30 to 60 minute commute again. That makes no sense to me. How quickly gas prices went up too was just absurd. I, I left on a Wednesday, came back on a Sunday, and it had went up by close to 50 cents a gallon. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. But we're expected to say, hey, let's guzzle some gas going back to the office for the sake of our companies not looking bad for their leases. It's a perfect time to go, right? It's, it's all one big machine that's profiting off of us. Gas-powered machine. <laughs> that can get political very easily. I'm going to back away from that one. Uh, but it isn't just gas that's getting more expensive either. Let's talk about beyond gas, the wear and tear in our vehicles. That's only getting more expensive to repair these days as well, where inflation's going. And we can also go really small. Hey, that lunch you eat out on the town when you're back in the office, or the nice dress clothes that you got to go back to buying. And practically anything else you need to buy, regardless of where or how you're working, prices are going up. Yet again, now's the right time to give up all these little financial wiggle rooms we got from cutting out gas and tolls and public transportation. Doesn't make any sense. Now let's put aside all those financials for just a moment. 75% vaccination rate, great. Hospitalizations down by 77%, also great. But neither one's 100%. People are still getting COVID. Sometimes it leads to death or sometimes it leads to long-term complications. And even if those numbers are extremely small, why should I face that risk? Why should you face that risk when it's all so our companies can save face from looking bad or making sure they can watch over our shoulders when we're back in the office? Now, these are just my opinions, but what does everyone else out there think about it? Like I said, there's a lot of news out there, a lot of articles saying that people are ready for this. People are loving it. I don't see that as being true. And I guess that's a bit anecdotal. Well, today we're going to return to a segment I love the first time we did it, like I said at the beginning of the show, Rage Quit. That first installment went up on November 16th, and I think it was a lot of fun. For those who missed it, the concept is pretty simple. We combed through the internet for a company that had an extraordinarily bad set of employee reviews, and we went through them. For those of you who don't remember, the name of the company was Schmoopco. Dear Schmoopco. Now, this time, we're not going to stick to a single company. We're going to go thematically. So stories of people PO'd that their employers are demanding a return back to the office. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll share a little bit of rage with each other. We're going to focus on Schmoopco, Boopco, Doopco. 
So last we left our dear company Schmoopco, we had a few issues related to some change in upper management and some people feeling like the vision of the company was not very clear. Now we're going to join Schmoopco in a whole different set of issues. A number of the offices in the company are considering reopening and a lot of the Schmoopcoians are not happy about it. So let's see what they have to say. Actually, Schmoopcoians, what would if Schmoopco was a, a country, what would the what would the citizens be called? Uh, Shmo- I guess it's Schmoops, Schmeeps, Schmeeple. Oh yeah, now we're getting there. Well, you know, but we don't think we don't call ourselves Amera people or something like that. So I, I like Schmoops, Schmoopcoians feels. No, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna go with either Schmoops or Schmeeple, and I'll, I'll flip around. I guess actually a Schmoop would be an individual, and Schmeeple would be a group, like person and people. I'm gonna go with that. Just for what it's worth, I I am challenging that uh, nomenclature, but I got nothing better, so we'll work with it. The company I worked for sent out a survey on the preferred work models people wanted going forward. 90% of non-managers, literally over 10,000 employees, said they wanted to work remotely full-time. The CEO responded saying he heard us loud and clear, but no, the best you're going to get is one day a week working from home. Oh, but you don't have that cubicle anymore. Everything is transient cube now. So you pick a desk and hope nobody shit all over the seat before you got there. Most people I work with are already looking for different positions and we're losing people in our department every week. Get with the times or become history. Just the image of people just pooping on their... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> their seeds just like oh this seems like a good spot to that's poop. the real rage quit i don't want to be in this office again i'm just gonna shit on the seat and i'm out that is a rude right like that's that's how you don't bother pissing in the boss's cornflakes just shit it on his desk and, and call it a day now one thing i did notice over ten thousand employees brian i we can only speculate as to the type of work that they're doing, but this seems like a very worker bee-driven organization to the point specifically yes. about 90% of non-managers, right? So 10,000 employees, that's a huge number of workforce there. Unfortunately, they don't have as much bargaining power as it seems like they thought they did, right? And that's that's a shame. Yeah, it is. And I'm going to be honest, this whole idea of the... well. So my wife's company is going to be doing something very similar, but they call them hotel cubes instead. Transient cubes sounds like you're just a homeless guy. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that term. It seems a bit disparaging for management to call them trans hobo cubes. Get in your hobo cube and hope there's not shit in it. Do you ever see the other guys? I think it's when Will Farrell's car gets taken. and It's like, oh, they left the note. Thanks for the sex wagon. Dirty Mike and the boys. <laughs> oh, and they call it a soup kitchen. When a bunch of that. homeless guys go in and have an orgy in a car. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, sorry to go. Well, out, outside. <laughs> sorry to go there. Outside of that lovely image, uh, like I said, my wife's company is going to this as well. Uh, a bit better name, but still the same thing. But again, just like the whole idea of deciding to go back to the office when gas prices are at a high point, why would you ever go into this hotel transient hobo cube thing where you're basically making a germ swapping spot during a time of a pandemic? Of all the working conditions you don't want to share cubes, this is the one, right? Like this, what sense does this make? If there was ever a time to advocate for the traditional like box cubes, 
that are like the height of a of an individual so you could you have to like peek over now would be the time to do that model because yeah to your point we're just creating more touch points and more opportunities for us to spread germs i don't know the efficacy of you know all the cleaning supplies that you're using but it's based under the assumption that everyone's cleaning it is putting in the same amount of effort so i yeah no i think it's just an unnecessary risk that we don't need to take so why take it i don't know now, that's a story of what I would call a pretty tone-deaf CEO. So let's go on to the second story of the I-don't-care-enough-to-be-tone-deaf CEO. Oh, boy. The company I worked for earlier in the year ordered us all back to the office in the worst way possible. The CEO came on to an all-staff Zoom meeting, announced it, and immediately dipped. No conversation, no questions, not even a goddamn opinion poll via email. It was nothing short of a direct unilateral order. Mind you, this was in the middle of a huge outbreak in our office that was infecting clients and employees alike, and only a few weeks after I recovered from it myself. It felt like a slap in the face, and I left within a month, found me a job that is remote, pays better, and is far less stressful. Emphasis on work to so past tense already, so that you, you know it was a bad situation. Underlined, bolded. <laughs> I'm just picturing, I, I forget how long ago it was at this point now, but that CEO who just announced the, what, thousands of layoffs over Zoom. The layoff, oh God. Right? Jeez, way, way to be internet famous in the worst way. Right, and the dude just had just such a cavalier attitude about it. And for all I know, this could be the same company, it sounds like. Yeah, maybe it was. Didn't he get fired, though? Or am I wrong? I think he resigned, would be my guess at the very least. I yeah. feel like he did, but I'm not entirely sure. So don't quote me there. And again, this is just a great example. It's not just that they're tone deaf to the situation at hand with their own people, not, not caring at all about opinion. But the fact that you have this outbreak raging in your office, your your people and your clients alike, like what what are what factors are you considering when it comes to this move back to the office? Are you considering anything outside of your own boardroom when it comes to these decisions? I, I can't imagine. Got nothing for you, Brian. I, I, I don't have an answer for you there. I, I've been saying this a lot lately, but it seems like our episodes lately have been very much not solution-oriented, folks. So, again, sorry. But this you know what? No more solutions, straight entertainment, or what I what I think is entertaining. <laughs> See where it goes from there. If we get zero listening. Rage-utainment. Yeah, rage-utainment. Ooh, I like rage-utainment. I like it. There we go. Patented or trademarked. I was about to apply for a job when I noticed that they said they were an office-oriented firm that loved Mondays. I noped the fuck out of that. People don't care as much. <laughs> I, I know. I just, I just like the term nope the fuck out of that. It's eloquent. It's, it's short. It's punchy. And it's effective. I nope the fuck out of that. People don't care as much about companies or their culture. They're there to make a paycheck. End of story. And John is has there ever been truer words? It's it's blunt, it's simple, it's not a passion for us. This is paycheck to live our lives. And why are companies constantly not understanding that? Now, one thing I think I do take a little bit of 
issue or pause with this review because it sounds like this isn't even a former employee. This is somebody who was about to apply for a job and said, you know what? Fuck this place. I don't know if that's 100% fair because there might be some people out there who are very office oriented and love Mondays. I am not one of them. Well, but that's the thing. I would nope the fuck out of there too. Right? Oh, that's This is the thing. All right. We're in a... From what I'm, what I'm told, what I'm led to believe, we're in a worker shortage. Companies are trying and failing to staff enough people, staff the right people. Anything you can do to attract talent, you should be. And this seems like the kind of thing, if they can work from home, why wouldn't you want to expand your labor pool as much as you can? But no, you're, you're not only cutting off 99% of the country that's not within commuting distance of your office, you're also turning away people who would love to work for you if you offered remote work. I don't get it. I, I really don't have an answer for it. I, I think if we did, this entire episode likely would not exist because the premise behind this entire episode is companies that just don't get it and are making us return to work. So thank you for the content, folks. As of July 1st, everyone had to be back in the office. My team has to work a 3-2, and it was the best I could get management to understand. We've lost half a dozen senior and long-term engineers. The funny part is the business had to rehire almost all of them as contractors where they dot, 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 work from home and make more. I've started looking at full-time remote positions. Never thought I wanted to do that before COVID. Now, fuck that. And I don't even have a commute. I live four minutes from my office, but I get more done at home than I do being pulled into these useless bullshit in-person meetings. I could feel the aggression there, Brian. Excellent job on the delivery. <laughs> well, you know you know why this delivery was super easy for me? Because I feel the same way. I am so tired of the meetings. And I don't even think it's gone that far down. I feel like I have a lot of Zoom meetings now. But yeah, everybody getting into a big conference room to hear one person talk for 20 minutes. I have better things to do with my time. I don't get it. July 1st, man. Think about... Think about the type of culture that your company has, because we're going back well before even some of... Yeah, we're the, going back into last year. At this yeah, point, yeah, exactly. So those people must just really get off on having those in-person meetings, and they just love it when somebody sits in a conference room for 20 minutes and everybody else listens. So, yeah. hey, maybe different cultures, but not for me. Look, I, you're talking to a guy who loves the sound of his own voice and loves being the center of attention for a thing. I mean, again, I'm mean, doing a podcast, but even I, I don't want to have people waste their time listening to me talk about nonsense. And I don't think anybody else wants to either. And the best part of working, look, there's a lot of great things working from home. Not having that commute gives me a lot of time back, but not having to deal with the office-based minutia gives us so much more time. Why would we want to give that up? And again, this guy has a four-minute commute. It's not even about that for him. But he's still getting more done at home than he would in the office. That's that's meaningful. And he's making more money for the company, too, by the way, if he's more productive at home. So this is a win-win, but they're not seeing it. Back when we'll call it normal times, prior to the pandemic, I, I would just be like, all right, guys, I'm going to go home for lunch. Or, oh, you know what? Oh, the dog's acting up again. Got to go let her out. You know, I would find any excuse to go back home. So a four-minute commute is, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't like that. I it, It's it's too short at that point. I would just want to go home at any given notice. This guy's better off just working from home. Screw that. 
Now, the last one we have today is going to be short and sweet, and we're going to cap things off with a few numbers. From March 2020 to March 2021, I saved $5,000. I got an extra 280 hours of sleep. I saved 720 hours of commute time. That's a full 30 days. We're going back to a 3-5 in office. Nobody's happy. Lots are looking to bail. And I think this really sums things up nicely because we're being asked to give up a lot for a working arrangement that doesn't benefit us. And it isn't necessarily actually a benefit to our employers either, right? $5,000, 280 hours of sleep, 720 hours of commute time. For what? For what benefit are we giving all of these things up? Now, I'm sure it wasn't very hard to do that math, but this guy must be a blast at parties. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the amount of beer that you are wasting in the bottom of that can by putting it out, you, you could say. Well, actu- actually, with the, the rate of compression of the beer in the. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm, I'm going to go in the yeah. other room now. Yeah. You stay in your corner. Yeah, this, this guy sounds like yeah. a blast. No, but I mean, honestly, if, if you're. I guess that's what he did with the, the time he saved from March 2020 to March 2021. He did math. So good on him. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Of all that time, he just calculated, subtract, we'll say five minutes off of that for the math he just did. Because that ain't time he's getting back. I'm, I'm doing basic addition and subtraction. I'm, I'm breaking a sweat. I need to take a nap now. So, no, <laughs> good, good for you. But, but I mean, it's, it's a significant the, that's thing. the new workforce that we've created, the lazy workforce who takes naps during the yeah. workday. But it's a significant number in the sense that there are a lot of jobs out there where you're making 50k or less and right off the bat 10% of your money going to things like travel to and from the office that's not a bad chunk so let's wrap up today's episode with another Springer-esque closing remark there are a lot of news articles out there talking about how terrible working from home is lately not just for businesses but for employees as well and I'm just not going to buy it That old catchphrase, follow the money, well, it works here too. Who are the people buying ad space in these publications? Well, they're the same ones who benefit from us returning to the office. Regardless of the cost we'll incur, risk we'll be exposed to, or personal time we'll lose that gets swallowed up in gridlock. So don't buy into the hype of people with personal interests that don't align with your own. The solution here is simple in concept, but it's one that's extremely hard in practice. If you like working from home and want to continue, Demand it from your company. If they refuse, find a job that agrees. If enough of the working population wants this and sticks to this rule, then companies will have to face a pretty difficult dilemma. Is it more painful to hold on to an empty lease or lose that talent that drives your organization forward? So that's all we got today on the show. Thanks again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed Rage Quit Episode 2, and we'll catch you next week. Now that we've gotten that rage out, we can return to a state of zen. Uh, To quote Jerry, right? Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Take care of yourself, take care of one another, or nope the fuck out of that one. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, drop us a comment while you're there. Special music this week is Trailer Sport Trap Action Horses by Alex Productions. Check the show notes for links. Until next time.
Actually, I'm not even going to do that one. Fuck that one.